Welcome to Yusuf on Security. 2022, what a year it has been. In our 99th episode, which nicely coincides the year end, we look back at the rear view mirror to revisit the big cybersecurity events. So buckle up, because it's going to be an eventful listening. This is Yusuf on Security, episode 99, recorded Saturday, 24th of December, 2022. Revisiting the impactful major 22 cybersecurity events. So before we say goodbye to 2022, which has been, let's put it, quite a stressful 12 months um, for the cybersecurity teams across the world, because the strain on lack of staffing really played a big role, um, but also the acceleration um, to the move to the cloud adoption, which really hit a lot of organization and prepared and, you know, the same old mistakes, um, overlapping cybersecurity of what is on-prem over cloud really played a big role. And, of course, ransomware, always there in the, in the shadows, supply chain attack was another major um, issue but also of course um, the multi-factor authentication fatigue which a lot of organizations really woke up to because let's put it the cyber crooks really had a torn on their side as i put it earlier um, because multi-factor authentication is a is a pump that slows them down and denies them what they need to achieve. Um, and that was actually a big um, major event um, that occurred um, again and again. Um, of course, repositories like GitHub and things have actually surfaced um, quite a lot in the eventful 12 months that really is about to, to, to finish. But also the, the scrutiny on supply chain attack um, took a major um, role on 2022. And governments um, started to really put obligations on decision makers, um, owners, um, people who are head in major organizations to put the responsibility on their shoulders and actually really get serious about what to do when things lapse. So with that backdrop, let's start with the beginning of the year and revisit what exactly has happened back in January, which seems to be a long time ago, 2022. A lot of global um, humanitarian organizations really were very badly hit um, and their data, um, sensitive data, has been actually uh, put out as well as, of course, um, disrupting their, their services around the world. And of course, the owner um, of the Wall Street Journal, as well as the New York Post, um, really reported um, persistent cyber um, cyber attack, um, which um, impacted some of their employees. That was actually a big um, a big U.S. Um, media um, headline back in, in in January, and. Cryptocurrency, um, some of the global exchange resulted in unauthorized um, withdrawal. Um, and as far as I remember, that actually tuned $35 million um, worth of cryptocurrency. Lapsus Group, you remember that? Um, essentially um, had attacked um, quite the leading organizations, um, the big names really, um, in order to really just disclose information, but also um, show that the security primitives um, were really lapsed. Um, and this included major identity vendors um, at the time. 
Moving on to February, um, a malware um, related to wiping um, Ukrainian infrastructure surfaced. Um, and it was on the rise. And of course, whatever um, attacks happens anywhere in the globe, they slowly but surely um, infiltrate throughout um, major global organizations, um, but also big and small. So what happens on one side of the world eventually really makes um, its way to all part of the world because cybersecurity has no border, unfortunately. And then there was a major series of attacks that disrupted um, oil distribution facilities across Europe. Um, And this puts um, really the... um, those organizations on on high alert. So February has had uh, quite a major development in there. Um, In comparison, March, of course, attackers um, kept on going against crypto. um, And there was a big haste. The biggest probably, 625 million, as I recall it, um, which really raised the vulnerability um, of of cryptocurrency, about the vulnerabilities specifically of decentralized finance. Um, There was a major DDoS attack on government website in Israel um, in in the same month, um, 2022. And then on April, um, ransomware attacks wreak havoc on Costa Rica, um, which basically pushed the country president to declare a national state emergency. And then there was a former employee at a major mobile payment app which, who downloaded um, sensitive files containing personal and customer information, um, which impacted um, to the tune of 8 million people. And that mobile was Cash App um, mobile payment app at the time. Um, it really impacted quite a large number of, of, of people, as you can actually see, 8 million of them. May then, um, county ransomware um, basically dismantled um, their uh, brand, essentially, inverted commons, following a major data leak, and which increased then the law um, to go after them. Um, and unfortunately, in the same month, um, a U.S. college, 157-year-old U.S. college, closed permanently um, because of a ransomware attack. So unfortunately, they really put out quite an old institution, um, pretty much um, wiped them out of the, um, of the map. And then, you know, approaching mid-year, June 2022, the attacker responsible for the um, large, historic 2022, 2019, I should say, breach that put cloud security into the spotlight received guilty conviction. Um, who was that? That was Page A. Thompson, um, who attacked um, Capital One data breach that affected more than 100 million customers in the US and Canada. Um, and I'm sure I've wrote about this back in 2019 on the blog, and that precedes, obviously, the um, podcast, but you can reread that. And 2019, Capital One um, basically confirmed at the time unauthorized access and stole files containing personal identifiable information. So quite a large, um, essentially, um, attack, which involved the FBI, etc., and all the organizations to do with going after... Um, a guilty verdict of a, a major disruptor individual. And then in July, um, 
um, attackers breach Italy's energy agency, um, basically hitting servers, blocking access to systems, and, and, and basically really putting websites out of use for a week. August 2022, um, phishing um, attacks using uh, essentially the laps and people really getting um, tired of multi-factor authentication, uh, successfully targeted major organization, which basically really just uh, shed some weaknesses in terms of how we need to approach um, multi-factor authentication. Um, because we use now but multi-factor authentication um every day and and it just became a norm so really just clicking admit or clicking yes whatever the prompt on the devices uh, might be um, became just a routine Um, and really the it has actually improved since because um, mfa vendors have really introduced new measure to make sure that the person is awake (laughs) inverted commas before they allowed a request that came you know who knows um, whether it was them or some, someone else really pushing and bombarding, as it's called, multi-factor authentication request um, had made some improvement. And then attackers infiltrated a large password manager, and that's LastPass provider back then, um, stealing company source codes and technical information, um, and that essentially they had had um, internal access for a number of days. This story developed up to this day, in fact, up to this week, um, um, and actually, um, we will finish off with that um, later on when we move on towards the end. And a third-party vendor um, reported a massive breach. Um, we are in August, impacting 37 healthcare organizations. And that provider is one touch point, um, which impacted really a lot of organizations. Um, and there are a huge number of um, big organizations, unfortunately, which impacted exposing files containing names, member ID, information that was provided during, of course, um, healthcare um, assistant at the time. And then a very large um, um, MSB, um, managed service provider, suffered a ransomware attack and this caused a major outage to things like emergency services across um, the the UK. And this um, managed service provider is called Advanced. Um, It's a British software and managed service provider with 25,000 customers. Um, And this really impacted uh, organizations such as um, NHS's um, 111 emergency hotline, for example. This was a major event um, in the the UK. And unfortunately, um, already um, 2022 has been an eventful year um, for uh, UK's politics, but also major... um, public services, um, the post-pandemic, the government um, havoc that has actually occurred this year. Um, So adding to that, um, this attack was really quite acute um, for the country. And then in September, back in September, Asia experienced the most cyber attack um, in comparison to the rest of the globe. Um, In Q2, um, sorry, Q3 rather, 2022. And, and that averaged 1,778 weekly attack per organization. And then Australia came into the limelight, a breach of a major Australian telecom provider exposed um, data of 10 million customers in one of this, you know, several major 2022 cyber attack um, in, in Australia. And Optus, of course, is the is the um, organization that has really been um, the crosshair of the cyber crooks. 
And Optus is a telecommunication giant in Australia. So it was quite an impactful and has really ruffled a lot of feathers on the political scene at the same time. And then Uber, a teenager, essentially um, got a hold of um, embedded credentials of Uber's uh, privileged access management solution um, in in September. So that was actually quite an eventful um, for for the organization. Um, we'll come back to another story, unfortunately related to Uber as well. K twelve schools across the US um, land in ransomware's. Um, essentially crosshair as the as the year begins um the academic year of course september being being academic year um they came unfortunately to k-12 there's nothing they can leave behind moving on to october um report service that a third-party contractor left a major automotive um, provider source code exposed for five years in github and that related to Toyota. Um, unfortunately, the giant automotive, um, Japanese automotive um, um, company. And then Uber, um, its former cybersecurity chief, was found guilty of hiding um, a 2016 cyber attack, um, which really was a legal, um, a landmark legal case um, in in the U in the US. Um, and then this really changed the how professionals, essentially responsible individuals at the top of the of the organisations, essentially take responsibility, but also most importantly deal with the matter um, at the centre of this. This is data breach of course um, and then moving on um, it was reported a breach of a top Australian health insurer um, involved installing credentials and exposed customer medical information unfortunately and who is that health insurer uh, that was Medibank and then in November, um, we begin with, of course, misconfiguration issues when it comes to cloud, as I said earlier. Um, and that is leak, um, unnecessary exposed um, um, details on, on, the, on the public domain with the intention, of course, of moving on to new um, frontier in the cloud. Um, but unfortunately, maybe overlooking um, what it takes to... Um, to configure tightly um, and not to expose data. And then attackers compromise a third party to breach um, IT system of a major European train network. Um, and this, of course, suspends um, all sorts of activity when it comes to the day-to-day -day running of the, um, of the train operations. And this was DSB, um, a Danish um, train network um, operator in Denmark. And if breach on... Um, French aerospace and defense company um, essentially reported Lockpit version 3 ransomware um, group published stolen data from them. Um, and unfortunately, of course, you can imagine how sensitive that, that is. And finally, in November, a large pharmaceutical company suffered a identity compromise in a what it was a social media um, scam, essentially, which um, unfortunately lent themselves to losing millions of dollars in in, um, in a market cap. And that organization is called Ellie Lilly, um, unfortunately. And then Australia again, um, another large Australian telecom firm, this time Telstra, um, reported data breach impacting 132,000 um, customers, resulting in sort of a misalignment um, of databases. Um, this was, of course, a breach. Um, 
but the the data was not actually sort of um, organized such as uh, relational databases where when database are properly of course um, utilized it, it can be quite impactful when that leaks um, and unfortunately um, this data of course raw data um, as they reported which is doesn't make a lot of sense but data breach is a data breach unfortunately and it impacts not just their data but it impacted 132,000 customers um, data so of course the bad guys will take their time to make and sift as much information um, as possible from the data they have um, that they have stolen. And then Trueport malware um, downloader um, essentially um, has been reported uh, in going high um, in terms of attacks. Um, and this was, of course, um, created by the Silence Criminal Group. Um, so that was actually quite a um, disturbing for Trueport um, to actually come back. And then, of course, um, coming back to LastPass, um, the last news from LastPass this month was um, the attack that has actually occurred back then. And LastPass has been updating the community um, regularly, um, and it didn't really look um, as good as we first thought. Um, of course, there's no secret um, password that a LastPass holds against their users, but nevertheless, um, more news uh, is expected, and it gets a bit more serious each time there is a news that drops from LastPass. So that's it for 2022. But what can we expect in 2023? Well, 2022 was supposed to be the year when things return to normal. But the cybersecurity sector and the world at large has defied those expectations, um, you know, following what we went through um, in this review. So as much as we talk at the end of a unprecedented times, um, organizations really must realize that the way business is done has changed forever um, and it has been slowly changing, but it will accelerate as time goes by. And they do risk, um, of course, cyber attacks. Uh, nothing is going to change. Um, and this will continue to evolve, um, you know, post-COVID, um, working from home, hybrid work, and so on and so forth. And according to Cisco's 2022 Cyber Security Almanac, the amount of money organizations spent recovering from cybersecurity attacks is expected to increase, they said, by 75% in the five-year period from 2021 to 2025. And that will be reaching as much as 10.5 trillion, and that's 8.9 trillion pound. And meanwhile, global spending, of course, to prevent um, cyber attack is predicted to increase by the same percentage during that period. And organizations are, of course, advice and I always talked about in this um, podcast to adopt a strategy that really makes sure that they don't just collapse once a cybersecurity happens. There's a lot of examples when it happens um, as a as a um, ransomware for example. For those organizations unfortunate with flat um, LAN and without segmentation, you know the the things that goes wrong. It's you know it as long as the ransomware is a um, worm, the whole thing is basically devastated um, and all machines are flattened. 
So that's just a small example. But of course, when organizations are adopting a mature structure, um, such as segmentation, such as um, least privilege, such as reducing um, usage of accounts. And I dedicated the whole episode um, a few episodes ago. You can re-listen to, to those um, essentially like lateral movement, um, privilege escalation. Um, there's a lot of tips in there that you can re-listen. And it doesn't take too long. It's around 35 45 minutes um, on average my podcast to really make it sweet and quick but also succinct straight to the point so organizations are urged of course to invest more in defenses um, and of course there are framework that i've talked about such as extended detection and response but before i talk about of course is the zero trust there's the um the sassy um, secure access service edge all of those framework really just are pointing to this escalation of attacks and how to prevent and reduce the impact it's not a matter of um, if but it's a matter of when in these days so really you should be falling light and not heavy when you get impacted what do i mean by that if you really do all the due diligence all the cyber hygiene when things go wrong they will be less impactful as if they you know you were ready for it you prepared for it and and in fact you are but if you are not you know it can really put the whole organizations out of business completely so organizations are definitely needs to invest more, um, of course, for technical technology solutions, um, but also staff awareness, making bringing those employees into the fold. The best defense, you know, mechanism involves your staff. Um, so staff training is really important, um, and really you should revisit that staff training on a sort of a yearly, at least um, basis, if not by yearly, um, to revamp um, to. To see where you actually need to improve in the last you know few quarters up 12 months to you don't need to repeat um, every now and then because awareness training should be in cadence of the threat landscape and threat landscape if you know one thing about that it it evolves and it really moves fast so revamping the training and awareness the content but also the approach is extremely important and if those solutions, technology as well as the trainings are not part of a cohesive strategy, the benefit will be, of course, minimal. And so you really need to look at the bigger picture of what you get as a return of investment, um, whether you have a um, training, whether you have um, revamping your infrastructure, you should look at the bigger picture. The major thing that really organizations are aiming for now is the extended detection and response. Um, so, you know, we moved away from um, product approach to security, and I always say solution approach to security is here to stay. And that really means is, you know, organizations um, of major technology suppliers, um, vendors have now moved on to collaborate. Um, and I've touched this on um, a number of episodes to make sure that the product that they are selling, although they are competing, are working together, are providing defense in depth, are providing integrated approach to security rather than a silo approach, which unfortunately we suffered. And that was really the weakness that the bad guys come through and cause havoc to organization. So extended detection and response where your technology should be integrated because we're living in the day of APIs should be really the norm. Um, so as long as possible, next time that you are reviewing your security strategy, really ask the question, can my 
product that I'm going to be occurring natively, if they are from one solution provider, can integrate and can I build a framework, a canopy that really transcends the whole organization to provide that extended detection of response, to make sure that you know whatever happens in one part of the organization is detected by the other major tools that are sitting on other part of the organizations. And therefore, response will be also be made when a SOC analyst is investigating something, they can do it on demand or if things are mundane and day-to-day and reoccurring it should be automated to make sure that detection and response drives itself so that really should be my best advice for organizations to a review what you have make sure you are in cadence with the threat landscape and adopt an extended detection and response so that was the review of 2022, quite an eventful year. Um, we hope that 2023 will be less impactful and we keep our fingers crossed um, for it to be that way. And that's it. We came to the end of this show, um, episode 99. Um, next week, we will review the best of 2022 episode that I have released on this channel. And I look forward to you joining me again. And until then, take care.